The Growing Destinations podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Learn more about Minnesota's third largest city, which is home to Mayo Clinic and features wonderful recreational and entertainment opportunities by visiting experiencerochestermn.com. Without tourism, we would not be successful as a state, um, and we would never be able to be competitive with anybody else around us. Welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast, where we take a deep dive into destination development and focus on a wide range of topics, from tourism and entertainment to economic development and entrepreneurism and much more. I'm your host, Bill Von Bank. Lauren Bennett-McGinty is one of Minnesota's biggest cheerleaders. It's no surprise since she heads up Explore Minnesota, the state's official tourism booster. Tourism is big business for Minnesota with direct impact, more than $13 billion. And leisure and hospitality is the fourth largest industry for employment in the state. With increased competition, Lauren says it's time for Minnesota to up its game. I recently chatted with Lauren about her vision for Minnesota to be a top 10 destination and what it will take to get there. Lauren Bennett McGinty, welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast. Thanks for having me, Bill. It's great to have you today. Today's a big day. It's the Explore Minnesota Tourism Conference, and you uh, just presented an outlook on tourism, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But before we get into that, I want to learn more about you. I was born in Milwaukee and my family moved here when uh, I was only four, but we stayed. And I think that says a lot about Minnesota. (laughs) I went to Gustavus, got my master's at St. Mary's and have lived in Minneapolis for more than 12 years um, with my now husband. So uh, just Minnesota, it in my blood, I love it. Before this position, I worked in association management at a couple different places, but Immediately prior, I was the executive director of the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild, so really was able to learn about all of the different kind of economic engines in small towns across the state and really what it means to bring people in and and market our state. And then this job kind of came up. I honestly wasn't even looking, but I was really excited about the opportunity. And I think being able to be the state's biggest cheerleader, as I call myself, is kind of this exciting moment. And I think it was at a time where I really did put in a lot of time and energy on the pandemic and, and kind of supporting all of those small businesses. And I thought, you know, there are very few of us, I think, that, <laughs> that can say that we did that. And I felt like I was kind of called to it. I listened to you earlier today when you were presenting the outlook and this past year and some strategic planning, and you noted that 2022 was a busy and big year. How has the Minnesota visitor economy rebounded in the past year? So we had 77.2 million visitors in 2022 with a $13.4 billion direct impact and a $23.3 billion indirect impact on our economy and the communities. And I think what's important there is talking about how we account for 14% of the state's sales tax in tourism. It's a big number. It's huge. And I think one of the things that we've really focused on in the last year is how do we tell the story of the business of tourism? We at Explore Minnesota have done a really great job of talking about Minnesota, getting people excited, but we don't often talk about the business side of it. And I think for us to be more on people's radars and for our friends at the governor's office and and other government colleagues to take us seriously in the legislature, we need to be talking about the impact. And so it was a busy year in that we started kind of changing the way we focused on the things we were doing, but we also made sure that we were 
balancing all the needs of communities across the state and trying to bring more people in and, and getting a little bit more experimental and experiential uh, with our work and, and really kind of capturing some of the more unique aspects that stood out during the pandemic. You make a great point about the impact. Oftentimes tourism is looked at as a fun industry, but people don't always connect the dots to the important and significant impact of the economic impact around tourism. Can you talk a little bit more about it, tourism's reach and the impact it has on Minnesota economy? Yes, I believe that tourism is kind of all around us. And I think that that's why it's so important to talk about not investing in tourism means that you're not investing in the local ice cream shop or the brewery or even, you know, a whole, the single hotel in a city somewhere. And I think that we really lose sight of the idea that it's all fun, but there are people behind the work and there are communities that rely on this money. And so for us to spend $1 and get $14.25 in, in tax returns there, it's huge. And then I think on the flip side, why should you as a person who lives in Minnesota care because your household would have to pay an additional $993 a year if you didn't have tourism. And that's huge. That's a lot of money for families who, who, you know, are just trying to make ends meet or who maybe want to use that money to go on a vacation somewhere, um, specifically in Minnesota, obviously. But I think it's just so important to talk about how without tourism, we would not be successful as a state um, and we would never be able to be competitive with anybody else around us. Can you talk about the halo effect of tourism? You had a great video that I watched as part of your presentation today. Yes. The halo effect I think is just so crucial. And I, and I, prior to coming into this role, never really kind of understood that. But then when you put a name to it, right. And you talk about the impact, it's so important. So we know that when someone visits a place and they enjoy their time there, they're more likely to move there, start a business there. And now we have this opportunity where the governor is really excited about making Minnesota the best place in the country to raise a family. And I think that we can help with that. We have all of the expertise in getting people to come here for a vacation. So why not try to translate that into getting people to buy a house here or start a business or even, gosh, I love the idea of bringing in people who are remotely working somewhere and they want to live in a cabin in northern Minnesota. Why not? So I think we have a lot of opportunity there. Speaking of Governor Walls, he has proposed a significant increase for Explore Minnesota in his biennial budget proposal. It's surprising to see where Minnesota currently ranks with its budget. Just within the Midwest, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Iowa have bigger budgets. What does this potential budget increase mean to your agency and Minnesota? For our agency, it gives us the ability to actually try new things and not be fearful of, you know, moving money around to better accommodate what those new innovative ideas are. It gives us an opportunity to really truly compete with others. We know that Wisconsin, Michigan, South Dakota all got bumps uh, from funding from federal funding during the pandemic and, and we didn't. And so when that happens, they were certainly able to inject those funds. But at some point that goes away. Right. And right. how do we all kind of get on that even playing field? And our base budget increase will put us there. And I think from there, being able to have that same funding and tell our story in just a better way really sets us apart from those other states. So I'm really excited about that. I know our staff is really excited about it, really kind of right-sizing our staff, making sure that we have enough people in place to do the work that needs to get done. Um, and then for the industry, I think there are a lot of new initiatives in the one-time funding that we're looking at 
that can help bolster some of the programs that in my mind should be critical and important in every aspect, you know, DEINA work for sure. Um, working with tribal nations in Minnesota, they have a fantastic set of things that they love to promote. And um, we've been fortunate enough to work with several of them already to talk about those opportunities. So we're hoping that we can provide more grant funding to them and then just additional support for marketing our great state through various grant programs and other initiatives. Minnesota is a big four season state. How do you balance the various interests of Minnesota's tourism regions? A lot of the things that we do, especially when we're putting out big spring, summer, fall, winter campaigns, we definitely look at the numbers and say, where are places that might be hurting a little bit more than others? And obviously, by the time that campaign comes out, it might shift and change. But we do try to be as equitable as possible, making sure that we have something in each of the major regions of the state so that people can identify with it and promote it and be proud of it. And then I think in terms of balancing, you know, how do we get people here during different seasons? Obviously, our big win is always spring, summer, but fall has continued to be a growth opportunity for us, especially as we promote fall colors and saying you don't necessarily have to go to northeast part of the country. You can come Mm -hmm. to Minnesota and it's more affordable and easier driving. And then winter has become a really big push for us because we can own winter here and we do some great stuff with that. I'm so glad you said that and watching your presentation and seeing how you embrace it. And it certainly looks authentic to me. And I just think of the St. Paul Winter Carnival as a big, big play for visitors. I think of many of the festivals up in northern Minnesota. And then most recently, Rochester with its social ice big festival, getting the restaurants and bars together and getting families out. Winter, people, they complain about it, but I love the idea about embracing it. And are there some unique ways we can do that even better? Yes. We've been injecting more and more funding into our winter marketing campaign, which is huge, but finding some of those more unique aspects. I think one thing I love is that Yes, we complain about it. I mostly just complain about shoveling. But (laughs) I think what's so special about Minnesota is that, you know, once you're outside doing the things, whether it's, you know, an ice maze somewhere or Bentleyville or whatever that looks like, you're you're kind of at first like, oh, it's so cold outside. I don't know. But then you're having so much fun, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's all about the fun. It's all about kind of finding those magical moments. And I, I think like our winter campaign this year was so fun because you got to see the little kid in the ice castles and then you got to see people dog sledding and it's things that we do. I mean, it's not like we're just putting it on display for, right. for show. You're not <laughs> literally, staging it. Right. It's literally things that we do all the time here in Minnesota. And I think that's what makes it so unique. Looking forward, what is your marketing perspective for Minnesota? And as you look to 2023 and beyond? I think we really have to do a much better job. And I think we started to do that over the last year of talking about the unexpected. Every time I talk to somebody about Minnesota, they're like, oh, lakes, snow, right? And I want I, I want to embrace that, but I also want to say yes and. But I, I think we need to find the joy uh, that we all feel every day and really push that out into the world because there is something so special here that we truly do have something for everyone. We have one of the most wonderful cultural fabrics. Our our communities of color across the state are so impactful with their businesses and just their heritage that they've brought to us. And I also feel like 
being able to put forward the faces of our accessibility shoot was just so much fun. And watching those folks, um, real Minnesotans, not actors, come and just explore Minnesota. And we got to kind of film the joy on their faces was great. And I think just putting forward this perspective of everybody's welcome here and we have something for everyone. I don't think every state can say that. So I think that that's really kind of the mantra we want to use moving forward. Love your energy, but we are also a humble state. And how do we get past that? Because, you know, we get so many number one or top ratings, but sometimes we're afraid to tell that story. Well, I'm not afraid. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) And I think, well, that's, it's always the joke, right? Like when you're in a meeting or something and you have one donut left and nobody wants to eat it, that's such a Minnesotan thing, but there's always (laughs) one person not from Minnesota that's going to eat that donut. So I'm always, I always make the joke, I'm almost born and raised, which gives me a little bit of extra like boastfulness. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not afraid to tell that story. And I, and I think at Explore Minnesota, we're kind of all full of the people who are not afraid to talk about how great we are. And so it's really just a matter of having that that main voice for Minnesota that can preach as loudly as possible, come here, enjoy everything we have to offer. From a global perspective, you recently announced a partnership with the Rocky Mountain International Destination Marketing Organization to represent Minnesota in targeted overseas markets. Tell us about that partnership. We, prior to the pandemic, were kind of just ramping up a lot of our international work, and unfortunately it all got shut down. So we've, of course, been in partnership with Great Lakes USA, Mississippi River Country, Brand USA over the past couple years, and, and specifically over the last year that's really grown. But we really felt like there wasn't enough of our solo voice in those conversations to really elevate all of the great things. So Rocky Mountain International has done such a fantastic job with all of the destinations in that area. And and they sent us a fantastic proposal and, and we're really excited to see how we can kind of be a bigger voice in some of those key areas. So the UK, Germany, France, uh, Benelux, and then of course they also have Italy and Australia. So really kind of emphasizing that Um, we're also exploring Back to the flight markets, you know, Japan, Korea, and hopefully we'll be able to bring back China soon. Um, so really trying to get back to where we were in 2019 and grow that. And, and RMI is really part of that growth conversation. And it doesn't hurt the fact that we are a Delta hub. Yes, yes. And of course, best airport in North America, which I never get tired of saying, but we're so easy to get in and out of, plus then get somewhere else in the country. So I think that that's going to bode really well for us into the future. And especially when it comes to something like Expo 2027, I mean, it just makes it such a great hub for that event. What would Expo 2027 mean to the state? I don't even know if there are words. I think... (laughs) It's just, it's one of those things where I think it could be a real turning point for us. And it seems so far off, but the conversations around it leading up to it are so great. And the theme is health and wellness, which I think is also fantastic because we know Minnesota is one of the healthiest states in the country. And we Home have- the Mayo Clinic as well. Yes, yes, of, co- of course, good plug. <laughs> but I think just being able to kind of tout some of those things that maybe, again, people don't really think of when they think of Minnesota is gonna be really special. And they, I keep hearing, that it's basically like hosting a Super Bowl every single day. So the amount of travelers and coming in and just getting interest peaks. So I think it'll be good for tourism, but gosh, I think it'll be great for economic development too. There's a new initiative connected to the governor's budget proposal for your agency. It's called Explore Minnesota for Business. Tell us more about that effort. 
this idea was conceived by me and Commissioner Steve Grove, who is almost former Commissioner Steve Grove. We're really sad to see him go, but he'll do great things at the Star Trib. But the idea kind of came out of him saying, you know, we don't really have a marketing budget to talk about in economic development initiatives. And I, you know, we had gone back and forth, like, how do we help you with that? Do we do an interagency agreement, something, something? And then we realized that the whole state kind of needed that. And it was put forward as part of the Thriving Economies Working Group budget proposal, which includes several other departments in the state. And when we were working through all of these things, all these other commissioners were saying, you know, Office of Higher Ed, we need to bring more people, more students here and and experience this. And Office of Education wants more teachers. And so we realized that there was this huge gap in how we're marketing how great Minnesota is. And again, that goes back to the boastful piece. Like we Mm -hmm. all know it's great, but we're not good at talking about it. So, you know, we kind of pitched this idea to the governor's office and they really loved it. And he has been such a huge supporter of this effort because he, again, wants to attract the best people to Minnesota to make this place home. And I think we could really do some unique and interesting initiatives to get people here. So as I understand it, I think there's an earmark, a proposed earmark of $12 million, yes. and, and it is a one-time investment. So if there's a potential end date given budget, but do you envision that this could be something that would have tails? Absolutely. I think, you know, just kind of given where we're at with the surplus, there were a lot of proposals that had to be put forward that had, you know, just a biennium impact. So I don't think that any of the proposals, whether in Explore Minnesota Tourism's uh, one-time funding or uh, Explore for Business one-time funding are necessarily going to end after the two years. But I think it's a really great way for us to put in some work and take notes and report back and make sure that, you know, the initiatives are working. And if they are, then it's a great opportunity to grow those programs. And so I'm really looking forward to being able to kind of put that forward in two years and show that success. Last year at the Explore Minnesota Tourism Conference, you announced a vision to be a top 10 destination. Share with us more about your vision and how you measure it. Measurement's always hard in that. Uh, I kind of put that forward and everyone asked me that question and I was like, (laughs) however we want, right? Like, let's measure. But no, I mean, I think, you know, you look at data, we actually are investing in a couple new data resources. Datafy is one of them. Our research analyst has done a fantastic job making sure that we're kind of checking out all of our competitors, but also the nation and figuring out where we stand. Um, obviously you can't just say, you know, we attract more visitors than California. That's impossible. But, um, you looking at things like per capita visitors, um, or size of state, things like that. And then looking at how often are we on top 10 lists in the press and how do we grow that number? I think in our hearts and in our minds, we're a top 10 destination, but really it's how often are people talking about us? What, you know, in major media and, and how, often are people returning to Minnesota? To me, that's going to be a really big indicator of, yeah, we're a top destination for folks. What excites you most about telling the Minnesota story? Well, if you can't tell everything, (laughs) I I just, there's something so special about us here. And, and, you know, I've been to a lot of different places and there's always somebody who's kind of skeptical about Minnesota. And then you get to talk about how great all the things are that we have here and they get really excited. Um, One of my favorite things was right after I first started this job, uh, the Craft Brewers Conference was coming to Minneapolis. First time, right? Yes, it was the first time and it was huge. And it was so funny because it was 
I, I had planned to have all of these state directors come over to my house before I had gotten this job. And I did anyway. So I was like, come on over. We can we can spend time together and, and kind of reunite. And the amount of them who are just like, this place is amazing. I can't believe how close the airport is to the city. And we found so many great places in the city to go. And, and, and they, they were just like, so enamored with it. And I love hearing that. And to me, that just drives all of the other work we do, getting those feelings, getting people who essentially were proven wrong (laughs) by their experience, I think is just so special. And who wouldn't want to keep telling that story? Well, we hope you do. Lauren Bennett McGinty, it's been great to have you on Growing Destinations and best of luck as you get to the finish line with the legislative process this year. Thanks so much, Phil. Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Destinations podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Find out more about Rochester, Minnesota and its growing arts and culture scene, its international culinary flavors and award-winning craft beer by visiting experiencerochestermn.com.